Want convenient banking features like mobile check deposit? Whitney Bank's mobile app has you covered. Start by opening your checking account online at HancockWhitney.com. Then download the app to bank anytime, anywhere. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. From Matt Sewers on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. A man's home is his castle, they say, and that's never been more true than today when it's not just enough to provide shelter for yourself and your family, but to create a space that reflects your style for live, work, and play, and also looks really impressive in the process. Baton Rouge has a long and venerable tradition in southern vernacular architecture, one that has evolved over the past few decades to reflect some of the most exciting new trends in the field. One of those leading the charge is Dwayne Carruth, owner of the Front Door Studios, which has designed over 2,000 homes in 14 states over the past two decades. Dwayne recently relocated his firm's offices here in Baton Rouge to a shared creative space that he helped develop, 1010 Nick. He's here to tell us about it. Dwayne, welcome to Out to Lunch. Good morning. And while Dwayne is designing residential exteriors, my next guest is designing interior spaces. William Evans does interior design and is the owner of Abatjour Interiors and Design, which has a storefront on South Foster Drive that sells home accessories and especially William's extraordinary custom lighting fixtures, lamps and shades. William, it's a pleasure to have you here with us. Welcome thank to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. Well, Dwayne, I want to start with you. You've been an architect for many years in a town that has been dominated by the A. Hayes Town style of architecture. He was brilliant. It's a wonderful style that is loved by everyone. But how do you get away from that mold here in Baton Rouge? It is very hard. <laughs> the, the way the subdivisions are structured and the restrictions that we have to deal with and everybody wanting that little element here and there makes it challenging to to take that somewhere else and a little bit further. We travel a lot to try and, and make sure that we're staying up with, with what's going on, you know, in building and furnishings and lighting and the whole deal so that we can come back and put that together and, and not have the same repetitive element over and over and over and still get the feel that they're looking for, the style that they're wanting, but just take it a, a bit further. So what kind of projects are y'all working on right now? We do strictly residential, and so we have some renovations, we have new, um, and some of them are subdivisions, some of them are, are teardowns in older parts of town, which is it's becoming a big trend for us. Uh, we've actually got um, some some lofts that we're working on. Really? Um, lots, of, lots of fun, interesting things. I mean, one of the most exciting trends, and I'm speaking strictly as a layperson who doesn't really know what she's talking about, but, you know, is the reemergence of this mid-century modernism. Mm -hmm. People seem to have a renewed appreciation for it. Twenty years ago it was ugly. Now everybody loves it, maybe thanks to things like Mad Men or maybe Mad Men's reflective of 
but are you all seeing that and designing more you know, modern style houses or purely contemporary right. style houses? The majority of our houses have gone more modern to transitional and it's really been a result of just you know, trying to simplify things and clean up and, and you know, take things out of our life that we don't want all that you know, frilly, over-the-top, quadruple crown mold, 16-inch baseboards. <laughs> you know, just, you know, simplifying. You know, have one really great piece of artwork instead of 16 things hanging on the wall. Um, and, and that trend is gone. That's nationwide. And so just having that here, you know, it's sort of a product of everybody we work with travels constantly. And so nobody's just you know, set in just what they know in Baton Rouge. They have houses all over the country. They, you know, are in a hotel every other week. You know, so mm -hmm. so those trends come back home. So, so let's talk about trends. And William, I want to bring you in here. Who sets the trends? Is it the guys in New York? Is it coming from LA or is it over in Europe? And, and how far behind are we here in Baton Rouge? Well, honestly, I think that every person that is that is from baton rouge that goes somewhere else they take a they bring back a little piece of whatever that they see so if you ask me who sets the top trends i think we we're all a collaboration of that i mean we'll have different ideas that we bring to the table and if i go somewhere and i see something i'm going to take that look at it study it and maybe put my own little touch to it and then bring it back to baton rouge and you know make it and put it in the store and present it to people. So I think we're all, we're all little in some way trendsetters. Yeah. That's, that's just my own opinion about that. Do you, do you think with the internet and social media today, it's easier for, for creative people here in the provinces, right, to, to get their creations, their designs out there to a broader audience, whereas maybe 50 years ago or even 100 years ago, you, know, you had to be recognized by the establishment. But but now today, we can see a, a William Evans light fixture and it's beautiful. It's somebody in New York wants what you're doing and not the other way around. Well, yes, exactly. And we should keep doing that. We should keep showing them <laughs> light fixtures all over the world so that they can keep buying them. There's a great little website, Etsy, and I was just really introduced <laughs> to that. I mean, I never really? really had given any thought to Etsy, but there are so many people out there who are um, creative that want to get their wares and goods out there for people to see. For someone like myself who is creative and I'm, I'm looking at other creative works, that website in particular is a great little venue for me to study other, uh, other maybe project ideas or to make purchases. I mean, I've come across people who can make things that I can't find locally. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. that's the web, the website, um, the internet is is a wonderful venue for idea to get ideas to gain ideas, but it also hurts me just a little bit also because you know because people of the competition exactly or copy off of you well or both because people take comparisons from the internet. They right. say, well, you know, I can find this on the internet at this particular price. Why is your whatever this particular price? So it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Tell us about your creations. Lighting is your specialty, light fixtures. I've seen some of them, they're gorgeous. How did you come to this particular, you know, expression of <laughs> creativity? Uh, by necessity. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, you have to, being a business owner with a storefront, you have to continuously think of new, fresh ideas 
to uh, create products and execute them and have them. People are very visual, so they have to see examples of your works. So I think it was just from necessity. And, you know, I, I needed to find particular a light niche, fixtures. In other words, I mean, you exactly, need, yeah. exactly. But finding a particular light fixture for a project, you know, it was a little difficult. So I just started making it. It's like, you know, I need a light fixture that's 23 inches by 23 inches by 23 inches. So I couldn't find it. So we just made it. it like, why not make it? Interesting. You know? and, and it's fortunate that you were good at it because, uh -huh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because it works, right? Right. Speaking of creativity, um, Dwayne, you're in a new creative space. Right. This was partly your idea. Mm -hmm. You're in, in 1010 Nick with several other yep. creative design oriented type um, entrepreneurs. It's down on Nicholson Drive, almost to downtown Baton Rouge. A great example of what's going on in that neighborhood, which is experiencing a rebirth. How's it going? 1010 is going fantastically well. We, um, we, we opened Monochrome back on August 15th. Okay, and we're going to back up because okay. I said that you have the front door in design studios, but um, Monochrome is also your business? Yes. Okay, and that's a store? That is a store. That is our, um, I guess, the retail end where we have um, contemporary furniture, lighting, accessories, okay. linens, rugs the whole deal Great. and we did that um, that's been open now I guess five years we were on Perkins before and we did that just because we had nowhere to go and buy furniture to finish our houses that fit sure. that modern look and I suppose the whole idea behind these shared creative spaces are to bring all the creative types together where you can collaborate and have what they call synergies, right? Right, right. And we have we have a really fun mix of, of people. You know, we love the fact that everybody there is local and homegrown and, you know, we don't have any chains. We don't have anybody that has, you know, places all over. We're, we're just good Baton Rouge, you know, well, native, native people. Speaking of fun, creative people, I would like to introduce you all to a special guest who's going to join us now. His name is Rob Chedester, and he creates spaces and places people can only fantasize about living in. We're talking movies, TVs, and theatrical productions. Rob is the owner of Royal Cyclops Productions, and he also has a warehouse full of props and stage materials that you have to see to believe. So Rob, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you're a Baton Rouge native. You spent many years away, <laughs> and you came back here nearly five years ago to be a part of this growing film and TV industry here. Correct. How is it going? It's going well. It's interesting to be back in Baton Rouge and see all the changes that have happened in the 25 plus years that I was away. Um, uh, but it, Baton Rouge has always been an exciting town, an uh, interesting cultural town. Um, uh, what I do is uh, kind of a combination of what these guys do, except it's all bogus and fake. Right. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's the best construction to be in because it doesn't have to be what it is. It just has to look like what it is there you go. from only one angle. And it only has to stand up from, for like 18 to 36 hours. And then you tear it down and take it away. Um, and it's one of the few industries that you're in besides politics that the better you lie, the more money they pay you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they don't get upset with you about it when they catch you lying. Um, uh, uh, it, it, it's very fun to do, um, and uh, it, it's a great challenge all the time. Uh, and, and you focus on something and do it, and much like what you guys do when you have a design to do, you do it and then it's done, and you don't have to worry. It's not like going into the cubicle every day and sure. opening up the Luberman accountant and doing that <laughs> for the month. It's always new projects and new challenges, um, and, and coming up with creative ideas to make it happen. Do you uh, actually 
build, design, and build the sets? I, I design everything? and build sets, and also I do a lot of uh, prop. I have a prop shop, but I do a lot of uh, set decoration and stuff like that. Um, so it, it, I've been working in the movie industry for a long time. And you, when you were gone for the 25 years, you were in mm -hmm. California. Uh, I was. I, I spent some time in L.A. I spent some time in New York City. Um, I was in uh, Denver, uh, but the last 12 years I was in Nashville, Tennessee, okay. uh, and that's where I really developed my prop shop and scenic shop up there working with the industry. That's quite the production industry there because right. of the music industry and a lot of movies go through there and stuff. So you've been here since 2011 now. Correct. How are things? Uh, things are booming. Baton Rouge is, is, is really evolving, and in particular cultural, um, and it, it's kind of reflective in, in the, your two guests here, that there's an influx of, of a lot of culture from out of town, coming into town. Uh, a lot of people are moving here for jobs and stuff, and they're bringing the culture with them. If you start at, say, Government Street and head into the Garden District and swing out through University uh, um, Gardens into South Downs, it's kind of the cultural heart of our town right now. And there's an influx of a lot of people that are kind of breaking the mold of what Baton Rouge always has been. Um, most of uh, mo just culturally, we are kind of uh, a purple and gold uh, city. <laughs> right. Almost anything we do, the dynamic and energy of it is kind of a tailgate party. Um, but that's changing and that's evolving and that's exciting to see. I grew, I, I grew up in South Baton Rouge, I went to LSU, and I grew up right across the lakes from LSU. So I'm an LSU fan and everything. But it's interesting to see it broaden out to other things. Do you all think that, that Baton Rouge is going to attract more, I mean, for lack of a better word, artsy, creative type people? I think it's happening. I think it, 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 every, every week more and more people are showing up in this town and, and uh, of all age groups uh, with a wider, wider range of culture and, and art to them. It's very exciting. Yeah, that is encouraging to see. Tell me about the prop shop a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. You mentioned that, you alluded to it. What do you have in there? You, you buy it over the years and you stockpile it and then you just lease it out to, to production? Exactly. Um, you know, you work on a film, whether it be a, a small low budget film or a major Disney film or something like that. And when it's done, a lot of that stuff is just done. And you just, if you have a space to put it in, you just let it sit on the shelf until somebody says, uh, I need a <laughs> replica of a 1909 Voisin by wing French airplane. And you've got one uh, of I've them. I've got one that I built, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Now, how long it'll be before somebody else needs it is the question. Uh, but I have a large Quonset Hut uh, building uh, behind the governor's mansion uh, off oh, of Sorrel Avenue. Cool. Um, and I actually have two, two of the Quonset Hut buildings side by side, which I'm able to store this stuff. And, uh, and I have enough walls to build two of these restaurants there. And the, the cool thing about it is all my walls are built out of one-by-fours and luon, <laughs> so they move very easy, and you screw them together and take them apart and paint them at whatever you want to do with them and stuff. So well, how do you make the numbers work for a prop shop? I mean, I guess it doesn't really cost as much to build the props as you would think, right? Because, uh, like you well, say, it, it depends on the prop, but the production is paying for it. I know in 11 the film industry was booming here. Mm -hmm. Is it still doing as well as it was? Because I know with the tax credit issue there have been some concerns, you know, slowing down a little bit. It's tapered down a bit, but uh, there's still a production community that's been established here in the last 15, 20 years. Um, and a lot of those people were from L.A. and they moved here to work in the industry. And as the industry has kind of tapered off, they've stayed here. They have families here. They've invested in here and stuff. So there's still a good production community here. And as long as that's here, you'll have people coming into town wanting to do it and have the crew that can be able to do what they're doing. And then doing. Have, have people like you. Right. Well, guys, we're going to take a little break right now and do what we call the checklist. So it's that part of the show where we ask you each a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. So, Dwayne... 
here's one for you. What is your trick for staying positive? We uh, travel a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much work seven days a week from vacation to vacation. So I just push those vacations closer together. There you go. And that could be one night in New Orleans or you know a week somewhere else. It's amazing what just a little break sometimes. That's all it takes. Right? Yep. A little change of scenery. William, if you weren't doing abajour, what would you be doing? I think I would, st I, I would, I want some sort of camera crew to follow us around to show the people exactly how chaotic this this business is, to tell you the truth, <laughs> how it all comes together. You know, we've talked about it for years, and even though uh, you're asking me what would I do without the store, I think the store will always be kind of a part of my life. So I would want a film crew to follow us and just, <laughs> just you know, just see exactly what goes on. And it's, it's, it, it would be so entertaining. It would be, you promise. It, I promise. Because I was going to say, I who promise. would watch this film? Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Rob, here's one for you. Who has been the most helpful person in your life getting you to where you are? Uh, I would have to go back to ninth grade in high school. Okay. I walked into a, a theater class with a woman named Shirley Porcio at Lee High School. And she kind of put the production theater bug in me. And ever since then, I've always made my way working either on stage, off stage, in front of the camera, behind the camera, building, whatever it takes. And I've just really enjoyed my life. And I, I definitely attribute it to her. That's great. So you were on that path all the way through high school and, and even into college. When right? I was in sixth grade, I wrote an episode of Hawaii Five-0 <laughs> uh, that I wanted to do. I've always wanted to do work in film work and stuff. And I went to LSU Theater School. They didn't have a film school at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I went there and I basically took art courses and writing courses and stuff like that. But this is kind of the path I've always wanted to be yeah. on. It's great to hear so many positive stories and experiences that y'all have had. In my business, I hear so much about the economy and, and you know, things aren't looking so great right now, of course, the state budget. Um, are y'all feeling this at all yet? I mean, I know in Lafayette they're having trouble. I know down yes in the Homa no. Bayou area, but... We, we've, okay. had, we've had several houses that have gone on hold, um, mainly people that were in the oil industry. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we've taken more new houses this year than we've ever taken by this time of the year. Really? And so we're busier than we can be even with that happening. That's good to hear. I'm kind of in the same bet with you. I mean, we've had a little slack, but because I'm hands-on, you know, I do other things than just interior design. Um, I, I do things like we have the lamp repair that keeps, you know, things flowing and it's all good. So I really haven't, I've never felt that that pressure or that that low point. And so, so you don't feel like your business is that closely tied to the economy, where it's really. We, but we're we're dealing with a different type of clientele. Also, I mean, we're, you know, we do have the higher end clients. Mm -hmm. We also have the medium based clients who need lamp repair, lampshades. You know, they want to have their daughter's graduation photograph framed. You know, mm -hmm. so we always have those little elements going on all the time. So, no, I don't. That's I don't, I don't <laughs> That's very encouraging. Um, what do you all think Baton Rouge needs to to make your particular segment, you know, of sector of the economy healthier or more vibrant? Um, what could we be doing better here? Uh, my part of the, my, as far as the entertainment industry, um, it's kind of uh, 
neutral to the economy in that take the Great Depression. In the middle of the Depression, people didn't have shoes and they didn't have anything to eat, but they went to the movies every week. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so when, when, the, when the, the economy's down, people do look for escapism. I mean, it's a bit different than, than what, what they, they're dealing with. Um, uh, and so it's kind of neutral to that. Uh, but as far as the economy here in Baton Rouge, I think what we talked about earlier about the influx of new people coming into town, changing the mentality of the typical Louisiana mentality is, well, when the oil comes back, we're all going to do fine. Right. Um, and evolving into a different, econ broader economy. And I see that going on here. Diversifying. That's a very, very positive thing. What about, I mean, I know these are issues like, like quality of life issues, tolerance, um, you know, things like that. Are we welcoming enough to outsiders or people in your industry able to break in? Is it a place where young creative class professionals would want to come? The one thing that I notice about Baton Rouge, and I pretty much have lived here my entire life, but when I go somewhere else and then I come back, I mean, when I go to those other places, people always say, everyone in Louisiana is so friendly. Yeah. Like, th there's, I think, being here, we never really meet a stranger, no matter where we go. And as far as like having young people trying to break into this sort of line of work that we do, I'm always, always open and available for, you know, I have young people who come to me for ideas and different things, and we help them, you know. So, again, I think we, we never really meet a stranger, you know. Ever, ever. It, it's almost too friendly sometimes. Right. Um, but that's a good thing. And... Um, you know, we do. We we really try and bring in the students. You know, with at from from LSU, which is a tremendous resource for us. Uh, we always have one or two working with us, and then uh, those usually translate into longer term positions. And mm -hmm. just having that resource that we can bring in, and then also working with all the the artists and and everything that they start feeding into the the other things that we do, the artwork, the you know just you know, literally everything we we deal with on the on a house project do you think we need more creative spaces like 1010 nick absolutely for instance? absolutely you can never have too many creative spaces and the more creative spaces you have the more creative spaces you that you will get you will you get, get mm -hmm. right exactly yes. absolutely it'll be a snowball effect I think in the the absolutely i think the underlying key is that baton rouge has always had money mm -hmm. if you're in a place with money you have culture and you have art if you're in Flint, Michigan, you're not going to find many, much culture and art. But if there's money there, um, every every CEO, every lawyer, every doctor has a spouse that needs something to do. Uh, <laughs> and if there's money there, that's where that's your true. art comes from, you know. Um, and and that's what Baton Rouge has always had going for it is that we we do have have enough money. We have culture here. Um, whereas a lot of places don't really have that. But we, beyond that, I mean, we have old culture here. We're yeah. The state's old enough to wear this culture. But we've always had, and a lot of it's because of the petroleum industry, we've always had money here, and so therefore we've always had money to sponsor communal art places right. and, and, and buy custom-made very nice lamps and stuff, mm -hmm. as opposed to just going to a box store and getting something from China or something like oh, that. That's a good point. I have we a, a, a tend to surprise people from out of, out of state whenever we're at market and and talking to people about different products, they're always blown away with, you know, what we do and what level we do. Really? And that that always excites us when we hear that from their end, but it also, you know, sort of shows that, that we do a lot more than you would expect. Now that's, a, that's an interesting point. I, mean, I guess we're underestimated. 
here mm -hmm. in Baton Rouge a lot. Very underestimated. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that works to our advantage or if we need to get out there and promote <laughs> more. Hey, Both. look at what's going on here. Both. It's always nice flying under the radar, but <laughs> you, know, you need to grab that attention when you can too. Oh yeah, don't you love that shock value? That wow, you you did that? <laughs> yeah. You know, we had one of our big vendors in town and we took him, you know, to the Shaw Center and we were having dinner and he was blown away. I mean, and this he was he's from Belgium, he lives in North Carolina, he travels the world and he was like I was coming to sleepy Baton Rouge. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. Good story. Well, I have a, a variation on a theme here for y'all. Final question before we wrap up. So, Dwayne, if, if you could design a house for anyone here in Baton Rouge or anywhere in the world, who would it be and what would it look like in general terms? I have no idea who it would be. They would have a lot of money. Okay, a very <laughs> rich person. And what kind of house would it be? What would it I, look like? It would, it would be very modern. It would uh, you know, also be very comfortable. I mean, it, 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 you can't live in something that you can't, you know, throw your feet up and and just hang around. Um, so it would definitely have, you know, very modern, very clean. Okay, modern, clean, and rich. William, if you could decorate a home for anyone, who would it be? And, and what kind of lamp fixtures would you make with that? Well, again, I don't know who it would be for, but it would be um, it would be a clean look somewhere on the coast somewhere just and I, I need water i need water and nice. i like found objects mm -hmm. the most so all the light fixtures that we would make for the dream client yes. would be from found objects i mean everything everything from that area necessarily not or? necessarily from okay. that particular area it's just you know you walk into a space and you just come up with an idea and then you just execute it you know you just you go and you look and you find those things to make it happen that's what I would do. That sounds wonderful. Mm. Rob, what kind of production would you like to be a part of if you had unlimited resources to produce and any kind of set you could build? I really like period pieces. Um, uh, and you mentioned the, the Mad Men in the, the mid-century um, that we just came out of. Uh, I've worked on several films. that we, I worked on the Johnny Cash story, Walk the Line. Oh, also fun. The, the Help, which we, we shot in, in Greenwood, Mississippi. And that was really fun to work on. That. Just the style of the, the middle of the last century. So I like, I like working on period pieces, even older pieces like 12 Years a Slave or something like that, sure. where you're actually immersing yourself into a different world. Um, those I really enjoy. Well, great. Well, y'all, that's all we have time for, sorry to say, but so happy to have y'all here because, you know, we hear so much bad news, as I said, about our economy and our state budget, and so it's so encouraging to see entrepreneurs doing such fun things in the creative space. So, Dwayne Carruth, William Evans, and Rob Chedester, y'all are occupying that creative space here in Baton Rouge and helping to make the market more vibrant in the process. So, thank you for joining us today on Out to Lunch. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for lunch. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Dwayne Carruth of the Front Door Design Studios, William Evans of Abat Jour Interior and Design, and Rob Chedester of Royal Cyclops Productions. You can find out more about the Front Door, Abat Jour, and Royal Cyclops by following the links on our websites, wrkf.org and itsbatonrouge.la. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansour's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. Our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. 
Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's new album, Puzzle, is out now. You can find out more about that at MitchellForeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's BatonRouge.LA and WRKF.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for It's BatonRouge.LA and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. Want convenient banking features like mobile check deposit? Whitney Bank's mobile app has you covered. Start by opening your checking account online at HancockWhitney.com. Then download the app to bank anytime, anywhere. Member FDIC.